Let's go to our, our passage uh, for today. John chapter 4 and uh, our, our focal verses are between 16 and 26, but I'll, I'll, I'll drop back uh, one verse. Um, I'll drop back two verses uh, just to give us a running start. <laughs> um, Jesus says in verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. Uh, what you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am he. Let's pray. Lord. We thank you for your word. Uh, we pray now, Lord, for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word for understanding the opening, Lord, um, of eyes and ears that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Pray that your hand be moving, Lord, in the, the, the homes of each one uh, that is witnessing this now, Lord. And we pray, Father, that you be glorified in the preaching and teaching and hearing of your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. You're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He said, I who speak to you am he. Oh, it was a visiting minister who was substituting for a famous pastor uh, called named Henry Ward Beecher. A large audience had assembled to hear the popular pastor. At the appointed hour, the visiting minister entered the pulpit. Learning that Beecher was not to preach, several began to move toward the doors. The visiting minister stood and called out, all who have come here today to worship Henry Ward Beecher may now withdraw from the church. All who have come to worship God, keep your seats. 
no one left. Uh, I bet they did. This, the story, the story it, it, it points to the importance of keeping God as the center of worship. The center of worship. No, no building, no person or, or ritual should or could replace or receive the worship that he deserves. Keeping God central. The title of the message today is The Way to Worship. The Way to Worship. The Way to Worship. Now, last week, we left off listening to Jesus have a conversation with a Samaritan woman at, at, at a well. Uh, he, he has uh, disregarded cultural norms and, and stepped over traditional boundaries of, of race and, and gender uh, uh, to offer this woman something that she was deeply in need of. He uses the example of refreshing spring water to describe the new spiritual life that he came to provide for her. Not, not fully grasping what Jesus is offering, uh, the woman makes a request for Jesus's special water. And as they continue in dialogue, we hear Jesus ask a strange question now in this chapter that will lean her in the direction of understanding and taking hold of the truth that he came to share. Worship, worship. Webster's Dictionary uh, defines worship as a noun, um, a form of religious practice with its creed and its ritual as a noun. As a verb, it is described to regard with great or ex extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Biblically, uh, worship, it has the sense of, of bowing down, of, of bowing down, uh, 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 act, an act to show reverence to deity, bowing down, worship, worship, worship. Uh, uh, according, I think, to, to Webster's definition, um, we all worship something in, in, in some way, um, but here we focus on what Jesus does. Jesus reveals the way to true worship. Jesus reveals the way to true worship. In this conversation, uh, he, he exposes the things that are in the way of worship in verses 16 to 20. Then he explains uh, uh, the true nature of worship in verses 21 to 24. And then he continues and he finally announces himself as the key to worship in verses 25 in verse 25. Uh, so he exposes the things in the way of worship in verses 16 to 20. He explains the true nature of worship in 21 to 24 and then announces himself as the key to worship in verse 25. Look at what the text says. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus uh, said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. <clears throat> what you have said is true. 
in response to the woman's request for the living water, Jesus now directs the woman to do something that seems to have nothing to do with her request. He says, go call your husband. Uh, someone, someone reading this in, in our modern culture, uh, they might think, well, Jesus seems like he's being a little messy now. Or, or, or they may assume that he's about to be uh, judgmental toward this woman because that's what religion does, right? But this, is, this isn't in the eyes of our mod modern culture. In fact, if the, the original readers, if they had already read uh, in chapter 3, verse 17 of the last chapter, they, they, they would have, have heard Jesus say that he wasn't sent into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, but that the world might be saved through him. Uh, he's on a different mission. Uh, Jesus recognizes that if the woman is to ever have access to the living water that she craves and needs and desires, um, uh, that, that some things in her life are going to have to be dealt with. Some things in her life are going to have to be dealt with. Um, up until this point, the woman was able to talk with Jesus and, and kind of portray herself as and her life as if everything was was just OK. I'm, I'm just a woman uh, coming to a well in the middle of the day alone in the hot sun. But but by bringing her past and present relationships into the conversation, Jesus is able to uh, he, he exposes uh, that everything is not OK. Uh, no matter how she was presenting herself. Now, whether it was through death or divorce, this woman had five different marriages and now had a man who wasn't her husband. Um, in, in, our, in our modern day society, well, you know, in older days, people might remember Elizabeth Taylor who had eight marriages and seven husbands. But, uh, you know, I often wonder what, what her conversation would have been like with Jesus, but uh, Jesus is available to have conversations with anyone. Uh, but she had five, and this six was not one. The Jews made an allowance uh, in their teaching uh, for a woman to have had two, or at the most, three hus husbands, but five uh, husbands would have been completely scandalous to them. Uh, un, uh, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have accepted it. Uh, they would have shunned. Um, it, it's not clear if the Samaritans held the same values, but the the isolation of this woman at the well shows that there was some type of social difficulties that she was experiencing in her life. Uh, uh, some type of community disconnect that she had, and it was likely due to her, her marital and her extramarital relationships. Even though the woman may have given her her short answer to Jesus, I, I have no husband, to keep him from digging any deeper into her personal life, Jesus acknowledges that at least she had told the truth. Um, ha having a clear count of her past five marriages, he confirms the woman's claim of currently having no husband in spite of the fact that she's living with a man. Now this 
this understanding of Jesus, it pushes against the idea in our culture of, of common law marriage in some of the states. To, to, to Jesus, there was something more to marriage than two people living together. Uh, biblically, uh, they, there, there's a covenant relationship established, community, acknowledgement and accountability, and, and some legally binding authority. Uh, you, you, you get more uh, about marriage in, in John chapter 2 and uh, Matthew 19, 4 through 6 and Hebrews 13 and 4. Um, I, I'll list those scriptures under the video in the description. But, but Jesus gives the woman here a small glimpse of who he really is by sharing these details about her life that he shouldn't even know. Uh, the question is, why would Jesus tell her to go get her husband if he already knew all of these things about the woman? Well, if we looked at the conversation so far and consider what was happening next, it, it seems likely that something about those relationships uh, is, is holding the woman back from receiving all that Jesus is wanting to share with her, you know. Uh, sin can can keep you from recognizing or taking hold of truth. It can get in the way. Watch what starts to happen, though, after getting all of that stuff out in the open. Watch what starts to happen. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Now, after Jesus opens up this can of worms uh, about the woman's life. The woman quickly tries to put a lid back on it. Uh, uh, remember, she, she couldn't completely figure out uh, the living water that he was offering, uh, uh, the gift of God that he had mentioned to her, uh, or, or even who she was talking to. But now she's able to recognize one thing, that she's talking to someone who's sent by God uh, who can see into her life. Her acknowledging Jesus as a prophet is, is it's also a, an admission that what he said about her was true uh, because prophets told the truth. Um, notice though, she, she moved from just calling him a, a Jew, uh, like when she first encountered him, to now calling him sir and, and prophet. Uh, he never demands any type of uh, respect from this woman, but the more he reveals himself in this conversation, the more she uh, 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 she starts to show it to him. Uh, recognizing that, that she's exposed, her life is exposed, the woman, she changes the subject, trying to turn Jesus's attention from her story to religious stuff that a prophet, prophet would uh, definitely be interested in. Um, uh, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it, it, on, on many a, an occasion, I, I'll be having a, a fine conversation with someone and things will be going well about life and just regular everyday stuff. And then somehow or another, they find out that I'm a pastor and then the conversation shifts. Uh, 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 things, other things start coming up. Uh, then the conversation shifts to church or it shifts to the Bible or, uh, um, or, or it just shuts down. And then I find myself trying to explain, you know, uh, well, I'm, I'm not that kind of pastor, you know, the kind that uh, people can't talk to. I don't, I don't know what kind of pastor that is. Um, but 
it, it, it tends to happen. Um, you know, it, it tends to, it tends to happen. But here, uh, she 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 shifted. Uh, she said that she perceived he's a prophet, and she shifts. Watch her here, hiding behind the the religious talk of her fathers. The the woman uh, brings up an old religious debate about the right place for worship, uh, and she expects Jesus to make a response for all Jewish people. Uh, even though Jesus had already broken down uh, the barriers, uh, she starts rebuilding the walls between his people and her people, um, uh, mentioning this mountain that the Samaritans believed was the place for worship. It, it was now the site of uh, nothing but a ruined, uh, crumbled temple that was destroyed by the Jews about a hundred years earlier. Um, this would get his attention. While this debate that she uh, uh, initiates may just seem like a strategy to uh, avoid the uncomfortable subject of her, her relationships, if we listened like Jesus, we, we would start to hear what's really on the woman's heart. If we, if we listened like Jesus, we might notice that the sin of her relationships seems to be a byproduct, a, a symptom of what she's truly missing and desiring in her life. Uh, uh, she, she's been filling a void. Uh, she mentions it right here, what she's been desiring and, and missing in her life. Uh, she's longing for access to God in worship. Uh, even in her avoidance strategy, uh, the truth comes out. <clears throat> Since biblical worship, it always involves some sort of, of sacrifice to make an unrighteous person able to, uh, to approach the holy and righteous God. The idea and awareness of sin is always present in this, uh, 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 in this, uh, in this idea of worship. Um, since, since early times, God made clear that approaching him in the wrong way would result in death. And as Aaron's two sons uh, were examples who died approaching the Lord with what was not approved by him in a way that was not prescribed by him in Leviticus chapter 10. Even though the woman had changed subjects, thinking about the condition of her life probably reminded her of her need to come before God. But how? She's, she's likely uh, been worshiping there in Samaria her whole life and never encountering God or seeing any change in her life. Uh, this text doesn't tell us, but in, in my mind, I, I can imagine her and others who have, have tried God uh, uh, the way their parents did or the way they've seen someone else do it only to find out that it doesn't work for them. Uh, I tried it and it doesn't work for me. They've never learned God's way to worship like this woman. Taking advantage of the opportunity to explain God's way, Jesus says to her in verse 21, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and it is now here when the true worshipers 
will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking uh, such people to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus isn't, isn't thrown off by the woman changing subjects. He didn't avoid the subject of the woman's sin, but notice also that he doesn't harp on that subject. He didn't say, wait, 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 wait a minute. Let's get back to that thing about the husbands. Um, with this woman, he recognizes the, the mention of it was enough to, to move her from her, her earthly uh, focus on, on water in the well to, to now considering the need for worship and the, and the condition of her soul. Jesus doesn't get tangled up in the debate. He moves forward explaining God's plan to her first. He clears up the past to make a path for her to understand that God is doing a new thing and it, it'll be bigger than both of these mountains, whether Gerizim that she was pointing to or Jerusalem. Uh, concerning worship uh, as, his, as Jesus's backdrop, he has a truth that God's special revelation of himself through the scripture didn't end with Moses like the Samaritans believe. Through the prophets, he continued to unfold his plans for people to return to him and have access to him. His scriptures uh, given through the Jews described the worship, uh, the system that, of worship that was to take place in Jerusalem, but also pointed to a new way that would come. The Lord had promised in, in Ezekiel uh, chapter 36 that he would purify his people with clean water outwardly and and then put his spirit in his people so that they would have changed and obedient hearts. Uh, in Isaiah, uh, the, the 52nd chapter and the 53rd chapter, the Lord also speaks about his servant, the Messiah, who will both be the agent of people's purification and the offering that allows them to approach God and worship. He will be their salvation. And although the Lord would send his salvation through the Jews, it was not only meant for the Jews. Jesus lets her know that uh, these things are in motion right now. The appointed time for God's new way had been initiated when he showed up. The next thing he does is he lets this woman know something about God's nature. He says, God is spirit. He is not made up or bound by the material stuff that we are, but, but has the freedom to be all present in all places at all times. Uh, he's not confined to the temple in Jerusalem or locked down on that mountain in uh, uh, Gerizim in, in Samaria. He's spirit. It, it's, it's now no longer about <clears throat> what her fathers did on that mountain. It's about what God the Father wants. It's no longer about where they worship, but it's about how they worship now. In this new system of worship, people will not access God through external rituals or, or at temples, but, but will experience the internal changes that Ezekiel talked about. Uh, and, and what Jesus had mentioned to Nicodemus in, in chapter three about being born again, uh, things will 
happen on the inside. They will they will uh, access God according to the truth of what he's promised, what he's done and what he's commanded with the inward spiritual parts of themselves being made new uh, and, and completely now uh, now completely devoted to him. He's looking at the posture of hearts and not just rituals or words. Psalm 145, 18 says that the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. This is who God is seeking. This is the way true worshipers much must approach him now. Spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus had given the woman a lot to take in. From, from her response, it seems that, that, that she's tracking with Jesus now. She takes all that he said and, and concludes that it, it, it points to the work of that coming Messiah. She says, uh, the Messiah, he'll, he'll be the one to show up and, and clear up all of these things so that we can understand them. You see, underneath the, the, the heaviness of her life, this woman had a thirst for something more. Uh, she had an expectation that one day God was going to send someone to quench her thirst and help her reach him. Jesus finally reveals to the woman that he's not just some spring water salesman and that he's actually more than just a Jewish prophet. That hope of the coming Messiah and the access to God that he would bring wasn't just now some future event to think about tomorrow. He's here. He is the long awaited expectation. He is the Messiah. He is the key to the worship that she seeks. As he shares uh, later in John in the 14th chapter, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one would come to the Father but by him. He is our access to worship. He is our access to worship. This woman finally has a clear picture of who it is speaking to her and, and, and what it is that she's been thirsting for in her life. He met her right there at that well in Samaria. Can you imagine the joy in this woman's heart now? In that moment, right then, right there, God in Jesus was seeking true worship from and for this Samaritan woman. It was a regular day at the well. And then Jesus showed up. We'll look at her, her response to, to the truth that Jesus has shared with her uh, and, and his identity that he's revealed to her. We'll look at the response uh, next week. Um, but there's a few lessons that we can glean from this. Uh, well, there's much we can take from it. But, but first, we, we want to see here that Jesus understands how the woman's background and sin stands in the way of the truth that he's sharing with her. That 
a person's background and sin can stand in the way of the truth being shared with them. Two, Jesus acknowledges sin so, uh, so that she can acknowledge it and be set free from it. Um, he doesn't acknowledge it to, 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 to humiliate and, and, and shame her, but so that she can acknowledge it and, and be set free from it. Three, Jesus listens well enough to hear what she says and to understand what she means. Uh, he demonstrates what it is to listen, to hear, instead of just to respond. Uh, I won't comment on our society, but uh, it's rare. <laughs> this listening to hear instead of just listening to respond. Lastly, Jesus makes known the present availability of salvation and worship for everyone. He makes known the present availability of salvation and worship for everyone in him. In this moment right now, uh, right where you are, the, the, the father is seeking that same true worship. Um, he knows that there is uh, 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 something inside of us that desires that true worship. And then some will say, I, I don't bow down to anyone, or, but it, we, I, I won't go back to Webster's definition. There, there is some, you'll, you'll worship something or someone. But Jesus points us to the true and right way to worship. So I pray that we all lean into to worship uh, today and tonight and tomorrow and forever that uh, we would recognize that um, there is a, a, a right way and a true way to worship. We thank God for his word. We thank God for um, his revelation. After prayer, we'll close with a, a selection from a member of our worship team. We thank God and, and we'll, we'll consider the things that God has done and, and even the things that he is, is, is able to do and will do again um, as, as we join and, and meditate and, and worship with the, the, the member of our worship team. I pray to see everyone uh, this afternoon at 2 p.m., for the fireside chat, um, that was another thing that was on our on our email. So I uh, pray that you had the link for the fireside chat, and I, I would see you then. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, we pray uh, that your word would uh, be rooted in our hearts, grow in our spirits, and overcome our flesh forever. Have your way uh, in us and through us, Lord. Um, let your hand be moving uh, in your church, uh, in this city, in this world, Lord. Your name glorified. In Jesus we pray. Amen.